yo yo welcome welcome to another episode with ignite the spark within podcast i'm your host sebastian hernandez and i am here to empower world-class leaders like yourself to create a life on your own terms on these podcasts we will be exploring the mysteries of self-mastery shamanism mysticism conscious sexuality and overcoming depression and anxiety we'll be interviewing some of my very own tribe members from around the world and share some of our personal stories we'll be discovering and implementing tools and strategies for living a more fulfilled life so Join me on this journey of self-discovery and let's ignite that spark within together. A little bit about your host. I am a U.S. Navy veteran, served in the USS Ronald Reagan, was shaman apprentice, an international self-mastery coach, author, and conscious sexuality facilitator. Now, my mission is to support and empower world-class leaders like yourself, reminding you of the impact that you're meant to make in this lifetime. So if you want to learn more, if you bout that life, stay tuned for today's episode. Season one, episode 23, exploring life's complexities, the power of self-inquiry, breathwork, and having compassion. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So I'm finally back in Medellin and I actually arrived yesterday, Tuesday. And if you've been listening to my past episodes, you know that whenever I'm in Medellin, Colombia, right? Um, I always attend the weekly men's circle over at Selena's co-working space, right? And yesterday was once again, a great reminder and confirmation on the importance of these circles. Now, as a space, really, it's a space to hear. It's a space to hear and listen to other men and their perspectives as well as an opportunity to share ourselves authentically about topics that we might not necessarily feel comfortable sharing with, well, truth be told, certain people in our lives, right? And so, matter of fact, that was actually one of the gen- what one of the gentlemen said was, I look forward to going to the circles because I get to talk about things that I don't necessarily talk to or have the capacity to talk to with some of my peer groups, right? And so, look, there can be a lot of reasons for it, right? But regardless of it, when we have a space where we can feel heard, where we can feel seen, where we can feel acknowledged as men, well, that's important. And so yesterday's circle was quite profound as we dove deep into some really personal questions, specifically around sexuality, right? And oftentimes a topic that is considered taboo, yet it's so important and crucial to understand and even more important to have a safe space where we can actually have this open dialogue and talk about this that's that just seems to be so important right it's like it's everywhere yet it's so taboo right and so it's important to be able to have these spaces where we can talk about sexuality right so what did we do well, the circle is open with the inquiry, right, of abstinence. So, well, what does that mean, right? Well, why abstinence? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, but I think more importantly, 
asking the question why and for what purpose, right? Now, you can imagine that this topic raised all types of questions and concerns and eyebrows being raised, as I would say, specifically in a circle of men that are living in Medellin. And Medellin, well, if you know anything about Medellin, it can definitely be considered a very lustful city, right? And so it was powerful nonetheless to hear men sharing their perspectives and sharing what they knew from their own experiences or simply asking questions to the group for an open discussion, right? Out of curiosity of what other men thought on the subject. And so there were some great key takeaways from last night's circle that I would like to touch on. And obviously being mindful of the confidentiality, I'm not going to be mentioning any names, right? But it's important topics and subjects that I feel are very critical um, to listen and to talk about, right? And so, for instance, the first one, right? One of the first key takeaways was tuning in to what feels right for us according to where we're at on our path, right? And so discovering, right? And I think we all discovered that we all go through stages and we're all called to act according to that specific stage, right? So some men were focused on continuing their promiscuity while others were very committed to their abstinence and both had their own motives to do it and were in absolute alignment with the way they were relating to their own reality, and that's powerful, right? Hence, demonstrating respect for each other's path without necessarily trying to impose one over the other. And I think that's critical, especially when we start doing this work. We feel that because we're doing the work, well, then everybody else should be doing the same exact work. And truth be told, well, that's not it, right? There's different stages to our work and there's different levels of comfort that we feel capable of dealing with certain things at our life. And so being able to be patient and understand that everyone's on their own path is critical. And it's okay when we can learn to appreciate and recognize that path. Right. So second thing or a second uh, key takeaway was asking a key question of how was sexuality presented to us and what did it create as the truth about sexuality moving forward? You see, what was powerful about this question was that it encouraged men in the circle to ask that question to themselves. And often, or actually, I would say for many of the men in the circle, that was the first time asking that question to themselves. And in doing that alone, it helped to bring up awareness and even deeper meaning to the conversation we were having. All of a sudden, things started to make sense, right? And really start to understand, oh, wow, maybe this is why I am the way I am, right? And again, not from a place of judging or condemning, which is one of the key uh, components of a men's circle is no judgment and uh, no condemning, right? And so being able to question ourselves and being in the safe space and the safe container to kind of allow ourselves to go through those and through those motions, right, is critical. Another key takeaway was actually when one of the guys in the room, well, he brought up a very powerful question and he mentioned how there's all sorts of books on being multi-orgasmic man and having non-ejaculatory orgasm and how there are many men talking about it. However, his concern or his question was, is there actually any proof of this? He asked the room if there was anyone who had actually achieved it. And well, I raised my hand, 
right? Because I'm living proof because I have had multiple orgasms. I've had incredible orgasms without even being touched, right? Energetic orgasms, full body, incredible orgasms, multiple orgasms, back to back orgasms, waves of orgasms. So yes, absolutely it's possible. And this brings a very critical point, which is how often are we encountering men or seeking out men that have done this? So therefore we can have a reference point of what's possible, right? Because if we don't know what's possible, if all we hear about it is in books and we don't have experience of actually seeing it done or experiencing it or connecting with people that are doing this work, well, then it could, it could be discouraging to a degree because it's like, well, is this even possible? What am I chasing? And I know that one of the biggest things that helped me even get to this point was working with a tantrika, right? Working with a woman specifically in the world of tantra and having her and having her help me move a lot of my own energy, recognize my own blockages, recognize where my I had shame, where I had guilt, and and so I accredit a lot to 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 the incredible women in my life that have have that have helped me be able to conquer my own shadows around sexuality, right? And so it was really important to again highlight that everyone's on their own path and there's an important mm, i would say level of responsibility to seek out this information right so that was that was the third takeaway fourth takeaway which is kind of like what i was reiterating which is when our only model or source for education on how to be great lovers is porn well, there becomes this disconnect with what intimacy is and what it's actually about. You see, it was powerful to hear men acknowledge that they've never made love before. All they knew was how to fuck. And even more amazing was the fact that it wasn't out of not necessarily wanting to. Like, these men want to be able to make love to their women, but rather, they just didn't know how to. Simply not having role models or sources to help educate on the magic of what sacred sexuality is and how to really create that container and how to give sexuality its sacredness back, right? And so therefore, again, when we have porn that is showing us all of this very, um, uh, I would say, not vanilla, <laughs> right? Or, or let's say very kinky, very BDSM, very out there type of sex, and that becomes the norm, then all of a sudden, specific things of intimacy become like too boring. Like, oh, that's vanilla. Wait, what? You want me to look at your eyes? That's weird. You want me to just touch you around your neck? That's weird, right? But there's so much magic into that. It's so it's like kind of going back to the basics, right? But again, where are we getting our information from? Where do we get to talk to these people that are educating and experiencing this? So it was again powerful to have the circle. And I would say the last, last, the last key, um, thing that I want to share about that is, uh, and I would probably say one of the most important things, um, is, is the, the, the agreement of having compassion with ourselves and understanding in what stage we are in and being able to embrace that, right? Understanding that becoming this evolved man, well, becoming an evolved man, being better, yes, well, that takes work and it requires looking at ourselves in the mirror, means recognizing and accepting and owning our insecurities, right? It's becoming an evolved man requires deep inquiry within and well, 
we're just all in different stages, right? And that self-inquiry is going to determine what stage you're in. Yes. So therefore compassion, yes. And, and that sense of relief comes through when you're not the only one going through it. Yes. When you get to recognize that there's other brothers that are walking the path and acknowledge and remind you that it's okay. It's all part of the process. It's healing. It's you becoming stronger, more emotionally ready and stable and grounded men that we have come to learn to tame that dragon. And that's a process. And it takes something to do that, right? So my hat's off. My hat's off to all the men out there doing the work recognizing their flaws, right? Because we're not perfect, right? And so I think that's part of doing the work. I would say a very critical part of doing the work. It's recognizing where we're not doing the work, right? Recognizing where we are flawed, yes? And choosing to transform that versus just acknowledging and accepting and like, that's just the way I am. It's like, oh, wow, that's the way I've been. That's the impact of how I've been. And how can I choose to embody something that may be more in alignment with what I desire. Yes. Recognizing where there's room for improvement and compassionately, yes, making adjustments, right? So my respect to all the men choosing to heal their wounds and switch their narrative to one seeking to become bigger than their traumas, right? Learning to turn their hate into compassion and ultimately love, right? And love through the lens of recognizing the hurt in others, right? Like really being present face-to-face with the fact that hurt people hurt people. Therefore, in these men's circles, as men, when men heal, when we heal, well, the healed men heal men. You see, when we as men heal, we get to help others heal, leading by example. And so therefore, again, I thank all the men that have come before me that have served as role models for myself and for those around me and even those that were absent and those that were absent, they play a critical role as well, right? So on that note, I kind of want to share about that, um, the absence, right? And and I guess in this case, specifically talking around men, right? The absence of our fathers, right? So the absence of our fathers for those men that grew up without their dad's presence. Um, I want to speak to you, yes, as a as a man that now gets to acknowledge that powerfully. And I really give credit to David Data, right? So David Data says in his book, The Way of the Superior Man, right? There's a part where he says, learn to live as if your father was dead, right? And he goes to explain that if you don't, you'll always live under a shadow, right? You'll always try to measure up to him and often be limited by his experience, right? So when I understood this, I reflected on my father's absence. Now, as a young teen, I resented my father for not being there for me. I resented my father for a lot of things. A lot of things I witnessed. I resented my father for not being like other fathers. I resented my father because I didn't feel his love. Yet, for some reason, when I read that message from David Data, somehow it gave me a chance to heal. And really, what it gave me was the opportunity to shift my perspective, to take on the possibility that 
the best thing my father could have done was give me his absence. Now, granted, yeah, growing up without a father figure forced me to look outside for father figures and be exposed to all different types of men and how they live their lives. I was exposed to men that played that role of a father figure. And I will always be grateful for those specific men that showed me, um, that gave me that father figure nurture, that gave me that father figure pat on the back, that gave me that encouragement. I will always be grateful for them. You see, I was exposed to different points of views and yet the liberty to choose my own perspective was always respected since specifically not having that masculine authority figure to tell me exactly how it needs to be done but rather i didn't have that father figure now of course i had my mom right but she played a big role in my life and around until i hit around 16 i think my mom and i both knew that i was now an independent thinker and and i was going to start leading my life right like i mentioned i had started working when i was like 12 years old and so i was already making my own money since i was 12 i had already been buying my own stuff so i was pretty independent matter of fact i didn't necessarily ask permission to join the military right i didn't tell anybody i was joining the military just one morning i I woke up and I sent out a message to all of the branches. I'm like, all right, whoever calls me first, that's where I'm going. And within like 30 minutes, the Navy was like on the phone within 45, they were at my door within an hour and a half. I was already at the Naval office within two hours. I had already signed my document that I was ready to join. Like that's how fast and committed I was to getting out of Florida and like traveling. And when I got back to the house, I'm like, mom, by the way, I'm joining the military. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, uh, you're going to have to pick it up with the government now. I'm kind of their property. Right. And so, but I was, and so therefore I had always started to lead my life, not necessarily asking for permission because, well, I didn't have that father figure telling me what to do and really being that, that, that father figure. Right. And so because of that, it gave me a lot of opportunity to do things that I would see some of my colleagues or some of my friends that didn't do right and so there was a gift there was a blessing to it which i couldn't see because of the hurt so when i learned to see my dad's absence not as something negative rather but when i learned to change the context that my father's absence actually gave me this edge on life and actually was able to live outside of his constraints well i became extremely grateful for my dad for his absence exposed me to opportunities and experiences that he may not have been able to provide me. So till this day, I've done a lot of work around my dad. And I'll be honest, I absolutely love my dad. Like, I appreciate my dad. And if it wasn't for my dad leading the family from Columbia to the United States, fuck, who knows how different my life would have been, right? Like, I'm grateful for what he did. When I released that resentment, it gave me space to see all the things we did get to experience before the split, right? Now, when we talk now, not often, right? We don't talk all the time, but when we do, right, we can talk and it's cool. And he doesn't come from a place of judgment, but rather just listen and laugh as he appreciates the stage I'm currently in. And so to, I'm looking forward. So I'm going, uh, my cousin, uh, she's getting married in October, which I'm really excited about. So, woo. Samantha, 
So I know she's getting married. And so because she's getting married, uh, we're going to be visiting. We're going to, I'm going to be visiting, um, my dad's side of the family. I'm going to go be hanging out with my dad. And I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to spending time with my dad. I think it's going to be really cool. Now, shifting focus a bit here. I'm about to share something that may be triggering for some folks. Yeah. Maybe even some of my very own tribe members, but. This is my belief, and I'm standing behind it. So, you ready? Here it goes. So, last night, after leaving the men's circle, I went dancing, right? That's like, that's my thing. I spend time with the guys, get raw and real, and then I balance that energy with some good old feminine energy, dancing passionately with women, right? So, about a good two hours into dancing and enjoying myself, I'm walking through the dance floor to choose my next partner, and this beautiful woman walks right in front of me. I ask her to dance, and which she denies because she had already asked another guy out to dance. I said, okay. Didn't think anything of it. Then kept going, um, and I wanted to, I kept going. I went on dance, yeah? Um, Dance with another woman, and as soon as the song was done, she arrived, and she tells me, let's dance. And so I'm like, all right, cool. It was salsa, which I also enjoy. Now, she was a bit hesitant at first because she wanted bachata, and, well, I didn't really mind either way. So I'm like, well, let's just dance salsa, right? And now I noticed when I grabbed her hands, they're quite big and firm. She had a lot of masculine energy to her, right? And I told her, you know, you have a lot of masculine energy. And she looked at me as if I was insinuating something was wrong. Now, I told her, like, relax, just let me lead, right? And it was a bit of a power struggle at the beginning, like her reluctancy to surrender. And yet I was patient. And eventually she surrendered. Now we locked eyes. Her eye contact was strong, right? Like not normal in most women. Like she had a very stern look. Now I imagined it was her tough exterior that had protected her in the past. So I wasn't necessarily phased. Yes, I just stayed present. Now eventually the song was done and I was ready for my next partner. And she said, wait, we have to dance bachata. I said, Okay, so we started to dance bachata, and she grabbed me firm. I kind of felt like I was being manhandled a bit. I'm not used to a woman being so firm and aggressive, and, well, she pulled me close, and it happened. I felt her fucking penis. Oh, man, I immediately played it cool, but I backed off immediately. Like, I got in my head about how uncomfortable that was. Like, I was still trying to process that this whole time, I thought I was dancing with a woman. It was actually a man. And now I just felt this woman's dick on my leg. Like, I said, I played it cool. I finished the song like a gentleman, gave her my thank you, and I walked away. Now, to be honest, I had just felt violated. I felt lied to. I felt deceived. I was in shock. Like part of me was mad. Part of me was disgusted that I just had an erect penis on my leg. Like it was too much to process. I had to get out of there and I had to like call. I just needed to get out. Now you can call that my fragile ego, but 
I did not feel good and I needed to process, right? And I just needed to process all types of emotions, including anger, right? Because I kept asking myself questions like, what exactly am I, am I mad about? Like, what exactly am I pissed off about? What exactly am I so uncomfortable about? And what exactly is it that upset me? And well, after analyzing, I came down to two specific things. One is that the whole time I thought I was dancing with a woman when it was really a man. And two, that this man had a heart on and I felt it on my leg. Yes. Now, this is where it gets challenging to process. Okay. So let me start off by saying with all respect um, and respect to all and understand that you see... All right, hold on. Let me catch my breath here. Let me, let me, let me think about how I'm going to say this. I understand that we are all God's children, no matter what, period. Now, with that being said, I am also, uh, hear me out, a true believer that if you are born a man, you are a man. And if you are born a woman, you are a woman. Now, excuse my ignorance, but that is what I believe. Therefore, if you are a man and choose to be a woman, I respect that. But please let me know that you're a man by birth. Yes? So, I think that as a heterosexual man, I should be aware if a man dressed as a woman was a man before that change of heart. Now, with that being said, this brought up a lot of very great insights that sometimes you don't know until you're put in that specific situation. For instance, with that frame, right, with this in mind, I had to ask myself, am I expecting a transgender woman to tell me right off the bat, hey, by the way, I was a man when I was born. Ideally, yes, I would really appreciate that realistically, I can see how that can be a bit of a difficult expectation to put on someone as they are navigating their own journey. So, I took it into consideration, okay, maybe she's dancing with so many people that it can get overwhelming having to tell everyone such intimate information. It's just a dance, right? Well, this goes to the second point which is being upset because she got a hard on, and I keep calling her a she, um, but she got a boner and I felt her penis on my leg. And while from my perspective, I have every reason to justify feeling disgusted, deceived, and even violated, I put myself in her position. You see, because maybe she couldn't help it and maybe my energy caused the arousal. As a sex facilitator, I understand and I know the importance of not shaming that arousal response, but rather learning from it. Yes, so seeing it from that perspective, it helped me have compassion for her and the most likely the reaction her lifestyle must cause on people, right? So therefore, again, after reflecting, I would like to believe that there was no bad intention in any of the experience, but rather what I get to take away from the experience is to be more aware. 
Yes, I believe that we now live in a world where we can't just assume anything anymore, right? So instead of assuming that all women dressed as women are actually women, maybe being more aware that they're men who feel more comfortable in their feminine energy and would prefer to live in that role dressed as such. What's in my control is to ask, were you born a man? Are you a man? Yes. And while this may not be politically correct, right now, based on last night's scenario, I feel if I would have asked, I could have probably um, avoided that. And when I say avoided, I, 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 yes, avoided. As a heterosexual man, I would have preferred not to have a woman's penis on my leg. Yes. Therefore, I could have asked her when I noticed her strong hands and all other subtleties that made me raise a brow. Now, on the same topic, something else was exposed to me that I found very eye-opening. Okay, and so again, bear with me. Now, as I was saying earlier, sometimes you don't know or are completely unaware of something until you're put in that specific situation. So, this whole experience actually then had me think about the times I've gotten a boner on the dance floor. You see, maybe the woman wasn't expecting it and it caught her off guard. Maybe she felt violated. Maybe she felt disgusted. Maybe she felt all types of ways. Or maybe, on the complete opposite spectrum, she was turned on by it and felt good that she could produce that energy. You see, I've actually experienced both. So as I mentioned earlier, sometimes as men, we can't help it. There is this specific energy that becomes so overwhelming that it produces high levels of arousal. And as I mentioned, sometimes it's mutual and other times not so much. And well, on this case, being on the receiving end of feeling a penis on my leg, I didn't like it. <laughs> but knowing what I know about arousal, can I be mad that she got a boner? Mm, no, not really. I'll take it as a compliment, right? But that's not happening again, right? I would, I would prefer not. I would prefer not. So I'm leaving this experience with compassion, with respect, and new insights with tangible actions. If I feel any man vibes, I'm asking. All right, pivoting once again, I want to reflect on a question that I was asked over the weekend that led to a whole experience. So a close friend of mine asked me a question. What does sad feel like? And I asked him, well, what do you think sad feels like? He answered, I don't know. This is why I'm asking you. I think I'm sad. Yeah. And I then asked, well, what other emotions do you feel? Do you feel anger? Do you feel resentment? Do you feel frustration? And he said, yeah, something like that. Now, get, we had just smoked a joint. So I told him that that was a great idea. Get up. Let's go. We're going to process this energy. And he was like, wait, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about? And so I'm like, we're going to go punch the punching bag, right? And at first he was hesitant. He's like, what do you mean? We don't have gloves. What do you mean? What, what, why? Um, but he finally got up and we went to the local gym, which was right there in the same building. Um, and again, like I said, no gloves, no wraps. We were just going to punch for two minutes and easy peace, easy peasy, right? At an easy pace. So I went first and I've learned, right, to use my breathing. So I used the breath of fire, which kind of is like, 
right? And so I use the breath of fire technique to put rhythm into my punches. And for a solid two minutes, I was able to keep a constant pattern and complete the two minutes, right? It was his turn. Now, he was a bit intimidated of having to do two minutes, but he did it. So started the timer and he was off. Now, at first I noticed he was, he was, he was a bit uncoordinated. Yes, but eventually he got into a pattern, into a flow and he was able to keep it. Yes. Now, second round. Now I want you to break hell on that bag is what I told him. I want you to connect to your anger, your frustration, your lack of clarity, connect to your sadness, connect, breathe, and then fucking impact. Yes, I went first to lead by example to show. And I released. Man, it had been a while since I had done the exercise. And this is for myself, right? And I always love coming back to this exercise. So uh, we put the timer on for a minute and I went. I went on it. I went the solid one minute full intensity intensity, full intensity doing exactly what I always do. I breathe, I shout, and my animal comes out and I fucking destroy that punching bag. I let all my emotion out. And yet, once that timer goes off and that timer is done, I pull back, I recenter, I focus on my deep breaths, moving that energy across my field, expanding my magnetic field, bending the ether with my energy. Or at least I like to believe so. <laughs> right? I like to believe in that, especially in those moments. I'm like Dragon Ball Z. I'm like, I'm like Goku. Anyway, once I went, it was his turn. And so I gave, I did my best to model, right? Full expression. And then I started the timer and then he was off. And as he went at it, I reminded him of his anger, of his frustration, of his sadness. I reminded him to let it out. I shouted, giving him permission to shout. He shouted and he gave his anger and frustration a sound, a vibration. He punched, he kicked, he elbowed. He did everything in his power to transfer that energy onto that punching bag. Ding, 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 ding. Time's up. And... He was having a hard time breathing. He was literally on the verge of throwing up. And that's when I helped him breathe. And slowly, breath by breath, he started to calm his heartbeat. And once he stabilized his breath, we were done for the night. Now, let's go debrief. How do you feel? <laughs> to which he answered, I now understand breathing, right? He tells me, the first round I saw you breathe and keep a rhythm, I had never considered to synchronize my breathing to my punching. So it took a while to get a hang of it, but once I did, I fell into this trance. And in that moment, I looked over to you, realizing what you were trying to have us do at the retreat. Life has a rhythm, and that rhythm is held by your breath. Breathing dictates how you fight. Breathing dictates how you fuck. Breathing dictates how you walk and how you handle life. Boom. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Right now, 
for me, when I first discovered breathwork, um, it was actually at my first cannabis ceremony that I attended, led by Sephora out in Miami. And during that session, I felt all types of feelings in my body. I felt massive tingly sensations in my hands. Like I was like, what is this? Now, since then, I've only deepened my relationship with breathing. I've actually was gifted a pattern on my drum during an ayahuasca ceremony that I feel with that pattern, it has been able to take me deeper down the rabbit hole, yet at the same time, it has shown me where my ego still gets in the way. And I gotta say, it's quite remarkable. Now, when we learn to mix sound with breath, with movement and observation, then can we really start to move that energy around? And that's exactly what he needed, right? He needed to release that pressure to create space to process anything further. And well, He's in the process, right? He's in the process. And it's not going to happen overnight. But at least now, he has this powerful tool that he can reflect back on. And since then, he's told me he's taking it as far as bringing awareness to his breathing all the time. Like when he's in the car, he's constantly asking himself, what rhythm am I following with my breathing? What conscious vibration am I producing? How deep in my belly am I breathing? So what's your relationship to breathing? So now for the men listening to this, I want to share a 14 day tantric man challenge. Now, this is, this is a pretty beginner course, I would say. Okay. Now it's a beginner's course to taking consciousness over our sexuality. However, even though it's a beginner course, it's still a challenge right? So beginner doesn't necessarily mean easy. And let's just say that the parameters of the challenge are going to make it a bit more difficult. So here's the deal. For a limited amount of men, this is going to be a free course, all right? So it's going to be a free course for a limited amount of men for 14 days. However, here's the challenge. You have to participate and check in with your results every day, yes? With just one day that you miss, you're kicked out of the challenge, all right? So again, the challenge is only for men that are willing to commit for the full 14 days, right? So there's going to be specific exercise that you're going to be learning, that you're going to be implementing, and then you have to share about your experience with the other men in the group. Now, again, this is a limited container, and I like it that way. I actually enjoy smaller groups. I feel there's there's more of an intimate sacred space and container that can really be created, right? Um, especially when dealing with this vulnerable stuff. Now, if this is something that grabs your attention, all right, great. Keep listening. Now, as for my women listeners, those that are listening here, do you know any man in your life that you believe would be interested in learning how to become more conscious around their sexuality, how to connect deeper with their intimacy, and maybe even understand their pleasure and how to spread that? Well, please help me spread the word to the men out there. Now, here's the deal. When you get a chance, right, go to the podcast description and click on the link that says, uh, I think it says links to know, and it's going to take you to my hub. And on that hub, choose 14 day tantric man challenge and enter your email to see if you qualify. All right. So now check it out. 
It's one thing to listen to a podcast episode and gain insights and knowledge, but it's another thing entirely to take action and apply those learnings to your own life. So integrating what you hear on a podcast into your daily routine can be a powerful way to make positive changes and grow as a person. So it's easy. Yes, it's very easy to get caught up in the excitement of a new idea, but it's actually more important to remember that true growth comes from the consistent effort and the practice. So if you hear something on a podcast episode that resonates with you, take the time to reflect on it and think about how you can apply it into your own life. Maybe it's trying out a new breathing technique or having a difficult conversation with a loved one, whatever it is. Yes, just make a commitment to yourself to take action and see where it leads you. Remember the power, yes, the power to transform your life is within you. And the episodes can be a valuable tool to help you get there. So here's some questions to reflect on based on today's episode. All right. So question number one, what are your thoughts on the concept of abstinence? Do you believe in it? Do you believe it's important? Right. So we talked about that. Right. Number two, have you ever had an experience where you felt deceived or violated? And how do you process those emotions? Number three, how do you feel about the relationship between breathwork and emotion? Right. Have you tried incorporating breathwork into your daily routine? Okay. So those are the three questions. Pretty simple. Now, Let's go do a quick little recap of what we talked about. So I covered a range of topics, yeah, including the importance of respecting each other's paths in life, yeah, because we're all on different paths and on different stages, yes? Um, we talked about the power of asking key questions, the disconnect between porn and intimacy, the importance of compassion and self-inquiry, and the power of breathwork in emotion regulation, Yes, I also shared a personal experience of being violated, yes, and deceived while dancing with a transgender woman, and the importance of compassion and awareness in these situations, right? I encourage listeners to reflect on their thoughts about abstinence, experiences of being violated or deceived, and the relationship between breathwork and emotion. Yes, I talked to you and I promoted the 14-day Tantric Man Challenge, and I invited you listening to take action on what you learned from today's episode so um i want to thank i want to thank you and i really want to take a moment to express my gratitude to all the listeners out there thank you thank you for tuning in and thank you for supporting the podcast your support like it's important and i feel honored to be able to share my thoughts and to expand and experiences with you and the thought the fact that you can be listening to a whole bunch of other op episodes podcasts and yet you keep coming back to listen to this one um i'm honored by that so i really do thank you for being part of this community and i look forward to continuing this journey together boom <laughs>